Hey, what's up, guys? Kent here. This is a special sneak preview episode of some of our bonus content that we have available over in the VIP club. If you want to be a Mad About Movies VIP, check us out at patreon.com slash madaboutmovies. Over there, we have weekly throwbacks, fun contests, giveaways, exclusive chats, and more. So if you're a member of the Mam Fam, but you want a little bit something more, become a VIP patreon.com slash madaboutmovies. Enjoy the show. You sound insane. Do you realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. Welcome back to the VIP Club. And spinning now on the turntables is DJ Arby. Arby, what do you got coming up on the next uh, set here? Got a little ignition. Got a little uh, pony. That's all. That's all, and then, and then, <laughs> then just Santana B sides right here. That's the hour. You're listening to Arby's <laughs> Arby Radio on the Mad About Movies Serious. VIP Club. The Serious XM. Serious two million four hundred and sixty-one. Yeah, Arby's Corner. Hey, we're talking. Uh, we're talking Goodwill Hunting. Uh, uh, now, which is which is crazy that that's been twenty years. Uh, a movie that launched. Um, Damon and Affleck as stars. If you think about it, uh, they are now at the point where stars that were launched in 1977 were when this movie came out. It's kind of weird to think about. I don't. I don't know if I explained that very well, but like, <laughs> they're they're old movie stars now, which is bizarre because it's weird for our generation. One, uh, because you know it's weird to be older. It's weird. That's weird. And then B. No one looks old anymore, so it's really <laughs> bizarre because it's like Matt Damon's never looked better, but he's like, you know, where Gene Hackman was in 1997, you know, in terms of like time yeah. in the zeitgeist. It's like this is weird, um, but uh, but it's it's a it's a film that resonates especially with I would say uh, it's a it's a movie that I think is constantly rediscovered. It's a movie that has aged both well and unwell in in, in certain ways. Um, it's an interesting movie uh, in terms of the history of, of cinema because it's a lot of really key players of the last 40 years are involved in it. I, of course, am talking about Gus Van Zandt and Minnie Driver and no one else and, <laughs> uh, and Stellan Sarsgaard, um, who's awesome in this. And... Uh, yeah, it's a it's a it's a movie that stays oddly relevant for a small movie about a genius. You know, look, it's it's a movie that I think every quasi f- raising ranging from foe to quasi intellectual male between the ages of seventeen and twenty five really identifies with, and you I think really want to be Will Hunting. It's all it's almost he's really kind of a superhero. It's really a superhero movie that takes place um, if you think about it. Um, and uh, so it kind of consistently resonates, but it's a it's a oddly uh, flawed movie in some ways too. So I'm interested to talk about. It. So Brian, what what's your uh, relationship with this this old film? This is an interesting one because we get I I bet this is one of the three most requested movies we get um, from you know tweets or emails or whatnot. Listeners asking if we if we're going to do a throwback or if we'll do a throwback. Please do one on this one, um, which I find. I find interesting um, because this was never. I think this is a good movie, 
I, even at the time, I, I wasn't as into it, I feel like, as most other people around me were for whatever reason. I didn't see this movie in theaters, and I, I probably didn't see it until uh, maybe two or three years out, sometime early college. So I started college, and now nah, surely I saw it in high school. Regardless, um, I didn't see it for, for quite a while, and I remember liking it, but wasn't as enthused about it as uh as other people seem to be and then i didn't watch it again i might not have watched this again until robin williams died and that was in 2012 2013 uh i'm not sure i saw it between those and then i was like oh yeah he's great in that 2014 wow so probably a good mm, 15 years between viewings i would guess and uh whatever like the weekend he died week he died i went and uh i watched a couple of his movies and i uh went and bought a a copy on blu-ray and watched it and i was like okay this is it's better than i remember it um but it still has not typically been i'm not i guess i'm not as high on it as as other people have been and i don't know that there's like some great reason for that. It's always struck me as odd that this is because i love matt damon matt damon's one of my I don't know, three or five favorite uh, actors going. And, um, and this is, you know, this is the, this is the role. This is the movie that made him Matt Damon. Uh, but it's never been one of my, my absolute favorites of, of his. So, so this time around was interesting. Um, I think, I think it is simultaneously better than it should be and worse than its reputation is like I, there are elements of this that are extreme i think are really dated and don't look great 20 years out um and then at the same time you kind of look at if you were to take a step back and just look at the one page treatment of this movie it should be like at best like the poor man's version of a beautiful mind does that make sense like it it shouldn't be <laughs> good <laughs> if you just if you just just if you just held up a page that said here's what goodwill hunting is about and it was made in 1997 on this budget and with actors for the most part that you know nobody had really heard of or certainly not had great esteem for in the main role uh you would say like uh, okay that's that will be a that'll be like a b movie or like maybe a b plus and instead, it got nominated for nine Oscars and won two, and has this incredible reputation. And it's ever it's a lot of people's favorite movies and stuff like that. And so that's really interesting to me that it is that it's that that it's become that. And then when you go back and watch it, kind of with relatively fresh eyes, at least for me, um, in you know twenty years later, it's like, well, there's there's some parts of this that aren't so great. I I think maybe what makes the movie uh, stick with people. Beyond what you mentioned, Richard, of um, just this idea of like this kind of rom- romanticized idea of wanting to be that kind of diamond in the rough and like being um, more maybe thinking of yourself as more intellectual than we really are, which is very common for uh, males of a certain age. Um, and that I think that's part of it. But I also think it gets the movie finishes on a high. It 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 start its worst parts are in its first 20 minutes and it gets better from there and i always think that that works in the the, like historically if you're looking at a movie uh you know five years 10 years 20 years later if the movie finishes strong 
uh, versus kind of peters out or has its better moments in the in the first half, you're always going to look at it with a little more affection uh, than it than it would be the other way around. So yeah. anyway, uh, I, I like the movie a lot. I don't I don't think I'm going to be uh, the highest grade on the movie overall from the three of us, and it's it's not uh, it's not going to be <laughs> I'm not going to be the one who's like this is my favorite movie of all time as we've gotten in in many emails and whatnot. Um, but I, I do think it's it's very well done. And, and the lead, the two or three big leads, I think those performances hold up, um, whereas maybe some of the, the movie itself maybe doesn't. But uh, but Kent, what about you? Where do you fall on uh, on Goodwill Hunting and what's your background with the movie? Yeah, I actually fall kind of in line with you, Brian, on this one. Um, it's one that I liked when I saw it at first. And it's one that I've always enjoyed every re- every time it's come on uh, on TV or I've rewatched it in the past. Um, but it's never one that I think about when I'm thinking of my favorite movies or the greatest movies of all time. I don't know why that is. Um, it's solid. It certainly has had a good reputation. It certainly was well-received and well-recognized in its, in its day. And it's, it's held up well since. I just don't know why it hasn't um, been one that I've thought of in that regard. Um, maybe it's because over the years it has become of come, uh, kind of a punchline in a way, mm, just because sure. of how Damon and Affleck have kind of turned out and they always talk about the writing process for that. And, um, maybe because it's been, there's literally so a much. Mickey play about it, right? <laughs> about the writing right, process. Right. right. Sure. Um, I mean, maybe it's because. They, uh, it's been parodied so much with the, you know, the janitor with the math problem and everything, that whole thing. And, uh, the whole Boston accent stuff has been, uh, talked about. Yeah. So there are so many aspects of this that people have talked about over the years. It's kind of made, maybe, uh, maybe lost a little bit of its credibility. Um, it often gets credit for their screenplay, of course, which is, it's definitely the highest note here is is the writing and the dialogue um but i think it's well directed at, at times especially during the dialogue scenes um specifically i'll name maybe name one here a little bit later but i think gus van Sant does a great job of moving the camera and um and directing their script and, and it, it felt like a cohesive vision the entire project and a very genuine vision and an original one and you know it makes me smile at times it makes me sad at times mm-hmm. um I think it's, I mean, there's about four or five. I mean, you search Goodwill Hunting on YouTube, and there's about seven or eight scenes in the movie that people have labeled Goodwill Hunting best movie scene ever. You know, there's several you know, moments in the movie between yeah, different characters. A lot of there's a lot of showy. like big showy yeah. speeches and monologues, and that's fine. And but because it does this, it does that probably better than anything. It's with some of the greatest actors of all time and everything. And, and uh and that's fine. Um if you're going to win the Oscar for best screenplay, I think this this definitely deserved it uh, more than some other movies over the years. So um so yeah. I, I think I I probably I don't know, every time I watch it I kind of like it a little bit less and less just cuz maybe I've seen it so much and it does get kind of talky um especially when every story is just like somebody telling a memory or something that happened to them back in the day, or it's, it's just people telling stories for two hours, really what it is. And, uh, that's fine. Had a it does it really well. But, uh, <laughs> um, there were some really great scenes though. Some memorable ones, the Harvard bar and the, you know, like, uh, the, the, the apple scene, I think we mentioned that off the air, but, uh, 
that's great. And then, of course, all the stuff with Robin Williams and Matt Damon's great. And then the stuff with Skarsgård's great, too. Um, it's strong, really strong. But um, not. I, I agree with you. what you said, Brian. Probably not as strong as people remember it being um, as a whole. Mm. Yeah. But I'll throw it back to you, Richard. Yeah, I think, you know, it's it's a big showy almost um uh very very uh dramatic in the terms of traditionally, right? It's a drama it's a st- almost a stage play sort of thing. You have this right. this character that everyone wants to identify with, especially after the the missed potential of perhaps high school or college. And you have this person that, you know, ha- can can read a book in 5 minutes and can do all the math in the world. So he's really brilliant as we all think we are but he doesn't have to do any of the work so it's you know you never see him putting in the work of actually being smart he just gets to be smart which is interesting and the way they play that it's not totally contrived they they talk about the the sort of trauma of that obviously the trauma of his childhood etc cetera, etc cetera. um but let's talk about the supporting role you know damon's great in this i think affleck's pretty bad in this uh ben that same is. here oh, yeah yeah same here. his his like are you he he i mean the look is great i love the windbreakers um that's key <laughs> to a good boss bostonian but like his boston accent is so poor to me i don't know i mean i i'm from dallas you know and and have parents not from boston at all but you know it's like really to me uh caricature um whereas damon's brings alternative robin williams rings really authentic his is a little mm-hmm. more understated uh, except for when he says, you know, when he uh, has that monologue, he's like, "What you know about art?" He like all of a sudden he turns into like Robert Kennedy. Um, <laughs> but uh, but other than that, but yeah, Affleck's just like this. Like he has like the demeanor down, uh, <laughs> but the voice is just really bad. the 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 best performances in this, I think. I mean, Robin Williams is great and, and deservedly won the Oscar. But Stellan Sarsgaard is fantastic. Yeah, and Casey Affleck's really good in this. When you rewatch it, like his version yeah, of that is. kind of scumbag guy, and yeah. just how weird his character is compared <laughs> to the rest of them. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know the glove, the, yeah. the glove yeah. <laughs> but also just you know, like the like I quoted earlier, the double burger. You know, here's your double burger. Um, <laughs> but uh, but it's it's uh, that is a really funny comedic relief, and then there's yeah. just that. By the way. Uh, there's also that fourth guy. <laughs> that he's just there. No one yeah, knows who Cole, he is. Cole Hauser, I think. Yeah, yeah. He's in the backseat. Yeah, it's Cole yeah. Hauser. Yeah, but it's it's Cole Hauser. But I just mean like it's so funny that right. Yeah. Just, his his character is just so uh, so Chris Kirkpatrian. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but Charty. All-time great SNL sketch. If you don't know what we're talking about, Tim- Justin Timberlake was hosting. He's the uh, he's on a game show. I don't remember what the game show is called. I don't know if you do, but it's uh, it's him naming. It's like they're at Keenan. I'm sure was the host and is asking yeah, him to like name this person. Oh, and he does it, and then he's like name this guy, and it's Chris Kirkpatrick, and he has no clue what his name is. <laughs> he's just like yeah. we were in NSYNC together, and he's like uh. Ch- Shardy, <laughs> very strong. Uh, Sorry. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. So anyway, it's it's a uh, it's a stellar. Uh, oh, there we go. Stellan supporting cast. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and turn off my microphone. Hey, can't do. Let that. you guys ride it out tonight. <laughs> rank, uh, rank your scars guards. 
<laughs> oh man. <laughs> hmm. I mean, it a Pennywise Skarsgård is making Bill's, a move. Bill Skarsgård, yeah, yeah. Bill's making a move. Um, I'm still probably still in one. I do. I like Alex. I'm a big fan. They're like a low key power family. In yeah. The the. <laughs> Um, Scars Guardians. Stock, that's what I call. Yeah, the, the, the <laughs> stock the Stockholm Swindler swindlers. Yeah. Um, they're just. For me, very, it comes down to which of these Scars Guards was in Battleship, and so that's that's the end of it. That's who I want. True, <laughs> true. There should be a bit where Dermot Mulroney and a Scars Guard. <laughs> uh, no, uh, <laughs> no. It's 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 a it's a it's the narrative of this movie is sometimes looped in with the movie it's like all of a sudden you have these two movie stars that come out of nowhere and they weren't really out of nowhere they had both done things you know uh um after you know damon had been in courage under fire and a few other you know pretty big movies and affleck was coming off a cold shower and then also kevin smith movies those those two are very much related (laughs) you have to get the only the cold water really gets the stench off yeah you can't if you go if you go hot water it activates it and that's when you get the trouble. Um, and you start growing your own hockey jersey. It's just like, oh, what is it? Yeah. It's, it's, you have to go freezing cold water. A lot of people know this. You have to go freezing cold water if you're around Kevin Smith just to get the, the stench off. Um, Lovely man. Lovely man. <laughs> sure. He's a minch. Okay. He is. Freezing he cold is. water. Um, so, anyway. Sorry. I'm, I'm rambling here. We, we've, we're going on about 14 hours straight of podcasting. but. But this is a, I don't you think this the the narrative of the production and then success of this production kind of gets grouped in with the film itself, and the film is yes. not bad. I'm going to give it an A, um, right. And it's a great it's a great film. It, it's um a lot of years maybe the best movie of that year. I don't think it's the best movie 1997 because that's a crazy loaded year. But mm-hmm. but it's uh it did really well. You know, it won several Oscars at a really loaded Academy Awards. So, uh. Is it the question is, is it that good? Well, that that's really up, but it does really, I think you can't take away the fact that it, you know, we kind of joke about who it resonates with, but it does resonate with a ton of people who really love this movie. And, and, and yes, a certain type of person, but also a large swath of people. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, there is, loves this movie and, you know, people just love it. It does something. It, the, the character just really resonates and the dialogue yes. really resonates, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a, I think a more important movie than it is a great movie. If that, if that's a way of putting it. Yeah, I think you're spot on with the the way that the like production of this movie and the kind of almost urban legend type myth behind it. You know what I mean? Like it's just so that's as important or that becomes as big as as the movie is. And so I think people really have embraced that, which is cool. It's great. Like I have nothing there's nothing um wrong with that at all. I think it's um when you kind of know some of the backstory and you see how long it took them to get this, this movie made and the struggles that they went to and the way that it just put, uh, Damon, especially, but Affleck to some degree. And by the way, I think you're totally right. I think Affleck's really bad in the movie. Uh, for the most part, he has that one scene where they're on the construction site and he, you know, he basically tells will, you know, we're not, I don't, I don't want to see you anymore. That kind of thing that works. That's a good, that's a pretty good scene, but it's, that is a, I think is a, an outlier from the rest of what what Affleck's doing, but it, you know, it put these guys on the map and made Matt Damon, especially, uh, you know, Matt Damon 
Matt Damon launched from this. Ben Affleck kind of hung his hat on this for a few years. And so, but it really put those guys um, forefront. And I think that, I think that really resonates with people maybe just as much as uh, the movie does and the characters and whatnot. But I do think it's a great, I think it, you said can't, and I, I think you're a hundred percent right. The best part of this movie with respect to, to Robin Williams performance and, and Skarsgård as well is, is the script. It's a great yeah. script. And uh, I mean, sh- you know, I think has been and, and should continue to be used in, you know, in, in script writing classes and courses and whatnot, because it's, it's has, uh, it's not just that it was successful, that it has this success story to go along with the script, but the script itself is fantastic and really um, hits the right, I think hits the right notes for, for me, just about any issue that I have with the, the film comes down to either and the issue is a is a big word for for very small quibbles but um would come down to either performance in the case of like affleck or some of the directorial choices like the brawl that kind of sets off the whole chain of events is some of <laughs> some really bad filmmaking i think it looks it just looks horrible with the kindergarten together <laughs> yeah i don't know if it looked good in 1997 oh, yeah. but it can't have looked good by 1990. I always like, I always, for some reason, every time I watch this movie, I, I always have to think about midway through, oh, this is Gus Van Sant. I always feel like this is Matt Damon and Ben Affleck also directed this, and this is like a student yes. film that they did. It just got yes. really big and launched their careers, but no, like Gus Van Sant directed it, and yeah, that that one in particular, the way it's cut together is is not good. Some of the hits like, hit twice, or yeah. like some of them yeah. don't hit at all. It was very bad. Yeah. Not not the best editing Oscar for this one. Yeah. Can I get another... I don't want to just get too deep into like full-on criticisms, but um, I think the score is really bad, too. And it was nominated for an Oscar. Um, and maybe mm-hmm. it's just 20 years of hindsight, but it feels really, really on the nose and, and like Hallmark movie level to me. Like, it's just... It swells in all these very predictable places, and it doesn't... <laughs> There are times when I felt like I, I think a great score, a great score, you're, you walk away saying, man, that score was incredible. And a bad score, you walk away saying, oh, that score just drove me nuts. Like anything in between, you kind of don't really notice it all that much, I think. Um, and this is one where I was like, why is the score doing this, like this curb your enthusiasm kind of <laughs> no like this just doesn't this doesn't go with what is happening on the screen well, to me when larry and, shows up in the last scene it makes sense <laughs> like yeah it's all because Let of me him. Ask you a question. yeah yeah when it, when rob williams goes son of a gun he stole my line and then larry goes i don't know it's a pretty, pretty good line pretty good line pretty good line <laughs> yeah are you happy with these apples or oh, or when uh or when he, when he tells Will, like, uh, yeah, I didn't go to game six to meet my wife. And Will's like, wow, I can't believe he didn't go. And then they move on. And then it pans over to Larry and he's like, didn't go to game six. <laughs> Gotta see about a girl. Had to see about a girl. Did you have to see, see, her, that have to see her that night? I'm just, I'm just, let me ask you a question. <laughs> <laughs> Do you respect Wood? <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, so is this Rob Williams' best performance of his career? You think? <sighs> that's, that's a hard, that's Flubber. a hard question, man. Flubber. <laughs> Same year, so it's hard. 
good year for him. It's a good year. Um, Dead Poets Society might have something to say about that. Um, I can't think of anything. Hook. But... Just kidding. <laughs> Hook. I love Hook. I'll go with Hook. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know if there's anything else. Bicentennial, that... man. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Mrs. Doubtfire. Uh, oh, yeah, that's true. Kind of I real, think Mrs. Mrs. Doubtfire yeah, probably, probably showed off his talents more. the most. Like his morning Vietnam's great too. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Good morning, yeah. He's very good. And Fisher King is great. I mean, man, yeah. what a run. One, what one hour photo. It's yeah. not a great, great movie, but he's good incredible. He's very it. good. At it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a creepy. So movie. I don't know, but yeah, this is what he won his RV. Oscar for. So there's that RV. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, so there's that. Um, I don't know. I, that's a, that's a tough, that's a tough one. Yeah. Um, I wonder what the conversation was like between Damon and Affleck in regards to who gets to be the lead. It's got to be. Damon probably wrote 90% of this. And <laughs> yeah, it's got to be the a, guy who actually did the work. I think right? they did a bit on Family Guy where oh, yeah. where it was like <laughs> them writing this and uh, Ben Affleck's like, hey man, can you put my name on that? And he's like, why would I put your name on this? All you've done is sit there and fart and smoke weed. <laughs> and then he's just like, uh, farts again or something like that. Um, but that seems to be very true. Uh, yeah. And um, there, there's yeah. rumors forever, and they've kind of gone away now uh, because he himself is, is <laughs> that this isn't true. But there was rumors forever that William Goldman actually wrote yeah. the guy Princess Bride mm-hmm. actually and Kevin wrote Smith. this. Yeah, that they Seriously wrote about script. that. Yeah. yeah. And. William Goldman finally came out and said, like, look, it's not true. Stop. It's not they, true. I, they, I gave them one note and it's and that's it. Like that's all that happened. Yep. And then they actually did like a carbon thing on the on the physical script and there wasn't enough traces of Kevin Smith's scent. So you know it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. He's but he is a producer on this. Which is weird. Miramax. Yeah. 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 Whatever happened to those guys? <laughs> I, yeah, can we just move it back all the Weinstein movies back to Miramax so we don't have to see the Weinstein name before them all? That'd be great. Yeah, um, yeah, that will in the next couple of years. Yes, yeah. yeah. That's, uh, that's that's crazy. Um, in terms of how this holds up after the fact, twenty years later, how do you think it holds up? As in terms of nostalgia. And is there anything that I guess the windbreakers would be one thing, but is there anything that jumps out that uh, dates this movie significantly other than the fashion? I don't, I don't think so. Yeah. You know, cell phones are kind of got a timeless quality to it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that, and that's, I think that's part of the script, right? Like I think you could have, there's a, maybe a world in which this movie is based in 1955 instead of 1997. You know, I think it, it could work kind of any time in there just change the the red Sox bit and that's about it <laughs> yeah you gotta include johnny damon in there now or whatever <laughs> some kind of more relevant uh, kevin Millar, <laughs> the 14 14 you'll, minute monologue you'll, you'll, ne- you'll never guess what happens to kurt Schelling. i mean let me <laughs> tell you it's just two hours of no uh, <laughs> 11, 11 minute monologue on you think you understand art, but you don't know Kevin Euclid. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, so I don't think either of you guys mentioned this in top 10 of the, of all time, top 10 of that year mm-hmm. or anything like that. 
Boy, I'm that. sure I would put it in the top ten of the year. I mean, 97 was a great year. We've talked about so many of the films from that year already over the course of this uh, this last few months. But surely, I mean, I would assume that it's it's got to be. In, if I did a top ten from 1997, I'm sure that would be included. Uh, and I think it is well-deserved. But it's not, like I said at the outset, it's like it's not, it's never been a movie that I am nearly as in love with, I feel like, as most of the people around me. Yeah. I don't know why that is. Certainly. Something that's always kind of annoyed me is how the name of the movie is like a pun for the character Will Hunting, and it's mm. searching for goodwill goodwill hunting he's a good person his name's it's i just kind of i agree i hate that super, super kind of yeah. i, I yeah. just don't let us don't like that um i wish his name was will something else and it was i don't know i, I just never that's just a small detail i realized that but it adds to the bit of the cheese factor mm. uh yeah I in agree. my opinion so this movie's really about one thing it's how can this really smart guy be a janitor what mm. you know it's like uh how is he smarter than all these harvard professor professors but he's a janitor and the i guess the entire movie seeks to answer that question right they put him in therapy or counseling trying to help him discover his well, how his mind can be like that or what how his mind works you know and mm. at the end of the day he's just like i just don't want to deal with that stuff <laughs> like i can do it but I just want to live my life. You know, at the end of the movie, mm. he's just like, I don't want to have to answer those questions all day when he's talking yeah. to Skarsgård. I think it's just so, at the end, it just ends on that good note of like, you guys are into that. That's cool. But I'm not. I'm just going to do my thing. Mm. See ya. You know, and that's it. Yeah. And then he says, yeah. thanks for everything, Robin Williams. Um, thanks for the advice. And he's driving off into the sunset. You know, it's, mm-hmm. that's really it. Yeah, you know, it, it could easily become. I'm not sure if this movie would be better or not. Probably, honestly, probably not. And it certainly, I don't think it would have the uh, cultural impact that it's had. But I think there's a way in which you could make this movie much more about the kind of psychology of not just of uh, I don't know the genius, but yeah. of being that smart and coming from uh, a background that where you are such such uh, an outlier where it's not you know you're not expected to be smart no one is there's no way out everybody's gonna you know you're gonna you're gonna be poor when you're born you're gonna be poor when you die that kind of life and uh i think it could it'd be very it'd be an interesting movie you could get a lot of i'm sure we've seen that in other places as well but you could get a lot out of that narrative um and maybe it's a better movie in 1997 but like i said i don't know that it i don't know that it holds the same kind of cultural cachet if it goes that route instead of kind of hinting at that and, and giving you that in small doses without it becoming, without it taking uh, anything away from the relationships that this guy has and, and the trying to overcome his, uh, you know, his emotional issues on top of everything else, you know? Yeah. I, I completely agree. Um, I think the park bench scene is probably the most iconic scene of the movie, right? Sure. Yeah, I think so. I think that's, that's probably the one that's, uh, that's been parodied the most over the years. Yeah. Yeah. That and the don't do this to me, man. Like that thing's been done quite a bit in, in parody. It's to, you know, it's not your fault. 
it's not your fault. That kind of thing has been done a lot. Yeah. That park bench is great though. The, the, it's not your fault scene. I don't think holds up all that well, 20 years later, uh, maybe in part, like you said, because of parodies and just being, uh, overdone. Yeah. But the park bench scene's great. I thought it was funny. I was, when I was looking through, you know, notes and research and whatnot for this movie, that, that scene, you know, it, it looks like they're in the park alone basically like they had the whole park to themselves yeah they had to do i mean that's robin williams out in a public space there they said that at some point there were over three thousand people there like just standing by watching him watching them work so they had to shoot in all these ways to make sure you couldn't see the yeah, crowds so of people stuff that were hanging he delivers out. man delivers kills on that he kills it's it's funny here too that this movie breaks the stereotype of education being important when this dude, this janitor, walks into Harvard, he's like, I'm smarter than all of you. MIT. It, it, or, or, yeah, MIT. Or they talk about a Harvard bar, so I always get that confused. Right. Yeah, um, yeah, same. Uh, he, uh, yeah, so m- movies oftentimes are a little bit propagandic in, the, in terms of pumping up higher education. This movie kind of shatters that in a way, too, in, um, in what the screenplay brings us. Mm-hmm. So, man, this is a strong one, and it is one that you can show uh, for years to come in in terms of how you uh, build relationships with characters through dialogue. I think this is probably the gold standard as far as the last 20 years. Uh, Maybe Mm -hmm. some some of the more recent Sorkin stuff might have something to say about that, but uh, I don't know why they don't write together more. I feel like they have a great rapport, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, writing partners. It's always, you know, a lot of the better writers have, have writing partners because they feed well off each other and they do good dialogue together, right? Um, because they uh, can bounce, bounce ideas off each other. I don't know why they didn't keep that mm-hmm. relationship going in terms of at least just writing. Like Seth Rogen still writes a lot of stuff with Evan Goldberg, mm-hmm. but he also does his own movies or whatever, you know, his own stuff sure. too. I think yeah. they could I think that's. Both. I think that's once part get, of what once you get the Oscar though, you're like, what what else more yeah, that's, <laughs> sure. I think that's part of what leads to the theories of, of who actually wrote the, the movie and whatnot. It's like when was the last time Matt, Matt Damon even wrote? I don't know, but it may, Well he know, wrote what, that movie with Don Krasinski. Yeah, I know that didn't turn out the Krasinski so well. curse. Krasinski factor came into play. Uh but yeah, it's, it's it's there's a good there's there's probably a good thirty for thirty on on that can't that, that dynamic so yeah. we've talked i think we've talked about this before with some of the other throwbacks we've done this year but uh academy awards that year 97 best picture nominees were titanic as good as it gets the full monty goodwill hunting and la confidential so where would you of those five what are your for both of y'all what's what's the what's coming out on top um, well you guys know i love boogie nights man. yeah so that's probably fine yeah, I'd probably ride in Starship Troopers, but um, sure, totally fair, reasonable, smart. Anything Denise Richards in really is what I. We go Titanic. Think. Well, was think- was she Christmas Jones that year? Because that was right around there. <laughs> Doctor so Christmas I- Jones, you give her the respect. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, you're right. <laughs> yeah, it, it's funny the Titanic just rolled away with every thing that it could come up with that year i i probably would go la Con- of those five i would yeah i would say i'd probably go la confidential and then goodwill hunting for me i would personally. say yeah probably my adult like from now on la confidential be my favorite but up until now titanic okay it's just it's just the most the big it's just the most movie of all of them. I mean, la confidential is the next closest thing because it's just vintage hollywood 
but Titanic was just it was uh, it was the biggest movie ever. So I, I guess that's that's probably why I would get my vote. Um, mm. This one's strong though. Yeah, it's, uh, the more I think about it, it's just like I said, one that definitely didn't come up. Uh, it, it didn't come into mind often, and uh, it should more. It's definitely a shame that it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny this time yeah. around watching how much. And Richard, this is really your point. We were talking about it off air, but uh, how much more I appreciate Skarsgård now as opposed to, you know, the first time and probably even second, third time that I've watched the movie. It was like this summer I was like, man, this guy, Skarsgård is really good. And he's really yeah. good in this role. And really believable. Yeah, super believable. Yeah. As that. And so it's for me, it was like it's Williams and and, and Damon. But after that, it, it's Skarsgård. And I don't really care about. Uh, with all due respect, I don't really care about Mini Driver or Ben Affleck or Casey Affleck was pretty good or Cole Hauser or any of these other parts. It's he's the third, the third that guy uh, that plays the Skarsgård uh, assistant. He's my favorite. Yeah, yeah, he's he's fun too. Yeah. I did love the scene or the I, it was almost a montage where he's just just torturing all of the uh, therapists. One, I thought that was that still plays pretty well to me. I think that's pretty funny. I agree. Um, also the funny scene to me is where Affleck goes to the bar and is trying to meet all the chicks and he's just like strolling through the bar, like super <laughs> confidently, oh, but he looks yes. like the biggest nerd ever. Uh, so, uh, I, love it. I forgot how young they look, but every time I go I back know. and watch this, they look like they're 17 in here, but yeah, they're, they're, um, I mean, who's laughing now, right? I mean, one of these guys got to be Batman in Zack Snyder's vision for the DC <laughs> universe. So, I mean, who'd you rather be? Clear, win- clear winner, yeah. Yeah, would you, <laughs> you rather have done uh, The Martian or BVS? I mean, you tell me. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I'm going to grade this one pretty high. I don't know if you guys have any more thoughts on, on uh, this or where it. It, uh, where it falls, but I'm going to grade this as an A. Super strong. Uh, it's not an A plus just because of the things that I mentioned earlier, but it's an A. I really dig it. Strong and holds up well. Go ahead. Yeah, it's an A for me as well. Uh, it's it's a it has still has so much positive. There's a lot going on that works really well, and I think most of the I think most of the issues that I might have with it are are honestly are pretty small and they're, they're kind of quibbles in in place of something really and. You know, as somebody who is a big Matt Damon fan, this is the movie that kind of gave us Matt Damon and this are what who we know to be Matt Damon. So I appreciate that. Matt. That's worth a little bit too. Damon. <laughs> Richard, how about you? I'm gonna go I'm gonna go uh, wanted to go A, but I'm probably gonna go A plus on this. Cause it's it's there's just so much iconic about this, it's hard to hard there's there are some with it like i would probably give like a on a scale of 100 I'd probably give like a 96 or a 97 probably 97 98 you know it's right in there on the line so between a and an a plus i'll just i'll bump it up a little bit and give it an a plus yeah okay awesome cool. goodwill hunting thank you to the vips and those of you on the main feed that could join us this uh this week for this throwback we do more of these on the vip feed uh, so if you like this kind of stuff, if you like talking about movies and hearing about movies that uh, aren't out currently, we do like to throw back every now and then. So join us over there for as little as a dollar a week, and uh, we'll see you in the eye is watching. But thank you. 
On behalf of Richard, Brian, I'm Kent. We'll see you next time at the cinema. Bye. Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling Tossed salads and scrambled eggs And maybe I seem a bit confused Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged <laughs> But I don't know what to do With those tossed salads and scrambled eggs They're calling again Scrambled eggs all over my face They're making me ya-ya Again.